Hi, this is Matt Cooley, head of the podcast Upside Downside, where we explore what it takes to be the best finance business partners possible. I'm a finance business partner myself by day and former president of the New York City chapter of Financial Executives International. I've had a number of guests on Upside Downside where we focused on early career strategies. Today, we welcome George Pastides, head of sales enablement programs at Ericsson, to talk about strategies for staying relevant later in your career. George has a long history in sales roles at multinationals and now focuses on sales training and coaching others on how to improve their value creation skills. George also publishes a blog called George Talk Sales, where I guarantee you'll learn something new and be very entertained. So much of what George teaches others is relevant to finance business partners. George, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. Great. Well, the pleasure is mine, and I'm sure our guests are going to, uh, our listeners are going to love this. So I'm going to jump right in with a very blunt question here. Um, We all start life as babies and ultimately die. (laughs) Pretty dramatic. So why do you think age discrimination exists if we all share this common journey? Well, Matt, uh, there's definitely an age bias and perhaps it's the last acceptable bias within uh, major corporations. And, and in companies like uh, the one we're working for, like Ericsson technology companies, it is even, even bigger. Uh, the, the average age uh, uh, of workforce is usually 43 years. And in tech companies, it's only 38. Mm. And big difference. I think that big difference. And, and I think it has to do, it definitely has to do with technology. Yeah? It has to do with the data analytics that have come to our lives, has to do with social media, the new programming language that, that made this bias to get uh, bigger. And, and uh, there is definitely, definitely a fixed mindset that says millennials are better than baby boomers when it comes to, to, to technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's, that's fascinating. So finance business partners are folks that support executives and companies with sound advice using their financial acumen, business experience, and so on. You know, very important role. What are some of the specific skills that sales professionals, you know, that, that's your domain, uh, skills that they have that translate well to a finance business partner role? Um, I, I, think, I think people should definitely start with power skills, what we used to call soft skills till a few years back. Uh, skills like critical thinking, like problem solving, like communication, and like empathy, which is probably the, the, the tip top one that they need to focus. Then how can you support business if you do not understand market? So market understanding, commercial business understanding is something that they should work on. And I think the last thing that uh, I would recommend, I would strongly recommend is professional certifications. In in your area, 
there's so many good ones, like a CIA for for auditors, huh? Like a CFA for for financial analysts, and I can go on and on. Mm-hmm. There's so many certificate certifications that I think are valued more than uh, postgraduate studies in nowadays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on the technical do you, side, do you, do you agree, Matt? I, I totally do, do agree. I totally agree. And on the technical side as well, getting certified or at least taking courses in uh, data analytics tools and things like that may make a huge mm-hmm, difference, mm-hmm. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, sort of bigger picture, keeping your skill sets fresh and your, your knowledge base very fresh. Um, h- how do you improve those skills over time? And, and, you know, with your experience as a learning professional, how do you make those things stick, George? It's one thing taking a class or getting a certification, but yeah. how do you actually put it into practice and, and uh, make it part of your toolkit every day? This is, uh, Matt, actually the difficult thing when it comes to, to skills and behaviors. It's like, it's like a spring, huh? Imagine pulling a spring from its board. If you, if you want to keep it there, you have to hold it. You have to have, find ways to hold it because if you leave it, it will go back to its baseboard, right? So <laughs> that's a good so, analogy. So, yeah, this is the truth. So you gotta you, you each one of us has to find things, ways to to maintain. It can be practice. It can be continuous learning. It can be being learning agile and 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 never stop learning, never stop demonstrating growth mindset. But but this is something. This is a continuous continuous process, an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. What just. Uh... To build on that a little bit, what is it on for sales professionals that make them successful long term? Sales professionals, uh, they, I said before that uh, that people need to understand the market, need to understand business. Uh, sales professionals need to understand uh, a lot uh, their customers. Sales sales professionals need uh, to to be digital. Digital literacy is something very, something very important in in our days. Uh, they, they have to be comfortable with the CRM. They have to take advantage of CRM for uh, tracking competition, for understanding their customers, for mapping their stakeholders. Uh, I think, and and they definitely have to to stay contemporary when it comes to the sales uh, methodology. Some it was few decades back, Matt, that uh, uh, they they were just pushing products and services, right? Talking mm, about the sure. great features and what the products can do. Later, if we see the evolution of selling, later we had solution selling uh, methodologies where they realized that they need that they cannot keep on dumping features. They 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 have to um, understand the customer needs and they have to use smart questioning techniques for understanding the customer's needs so they can come up with a solution that matters for them. Mm-hmm. And and the last years that we see uh, sellers working in a mar- multi-layered environment with many stakeholders, and especially when it comes to B2B, the, the 
environment, the selling environment becomes so much complex that buyers have no time for them. Buyers are knowledgeable. Buyers have a hard time to come to a common consensus among them. So sellers have to understand this environment, have to do their homework, go meet proactively and engage early on with their stakeholders and facilitate their buying journey. Help them come to a common consensus and and leave behind the status quo and move forward to them and their solution. That that's no small task facilitating the buying journey. No, it's so, not, not 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 at all. And you know right. what, Matt? Sometimes they they make the mistake to focus way too much on on uh, their sales journey, their sales systems and processes, and they forget focusing on their customers' buying journey, understanding mm. this and facilitating this. Right. Now that's 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 uh, super interesting. I spent a large portion of my career as a sales controller, and I've quite honestly been fascinated with the journey of how the techniques have changed. I mean, I think you outlined them very nicely here, um, and I certainly think this is relevant to finance business partners interacting not just with sales as a function, but sales in terms of you know the customer and the customer journey is exactly is right. fundamental to our role. Um. George, if you're in a later stage of your career and you want to stay relevant, what are some of the more effective strategies? I mean, we've touched on a few of them, but but what are some other thoughts in terms of strategies that people should be using? Well, I think everything starts with having the right attitude. Huh? Instead of mm. having a fixed mindset, you got to have a growth mindset. You have to, to, to believe that uh, you have to continue learning. You have to continue changing. This is the first thing. Everything starts starts with this. Then you gotta find the right things uh, there to, to 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 focus on the right areas to develop yourself, uh, train yourself. Now, this sounds easy, but it's not. I understand it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, realistically speaking, it's not. So, people need to seek out. Uh, Counseling, guiding, they work for a, a large uh, corporation. They have to reach out to the learning professionals of the organization and, and seek out help. They have their performance uh, appraisal of the year with their line manager. They have to, to be frank and direct and open up and, and discuss with their line managers the areas that they need to develop on instead of hiding them. Hmm. I, I think I think that those are key things that people need. But as I said before, everything starts with having the right attitude. You have to want to change and develop. You have to learn, want to learn. Right. And I, I, I've found with with friends and colleagues and myself to a degree that you know it, that takes practice staying in that mindset, right? We all have ups and downs and sometimes you have to remind yourself, hey, bigger picture, um, you know, keep, keep your attitude positive. And if you do have that growth mindset, there, there are lots of opportunities, um, challenges as well, but, but lots of mm-hmm. opportunities. So I hear you. Absolutely. Right. Where, where do you think this whole issue of ageism is heading in the workplace, um, you know, in your view over the next five to 10 years? I'm afraid that um, seeing how technology evolves, 
the speed that technology evolves with, it will get bigger. Uh, and and we got to do something about it. The governments have to do something about it. Uh, although there there are federal laws, I'm, I'm pretty sure in the states uh, that that you're based in and you work and you live there, there is a federal law for this. But still, as I was saying before, it is still the the last acceptable bias. I think the companies work on the diversity and inclusion side, but I don't know for some reason that I never really understood this is still a bias. So mm. one thing, the state has to do something, not only having the federal laws there, but doing something for for making this happen. Huh? Mm. The second thing I think is um, the, the second key factor here is companies, organizations. They need to change the culture and tackle this bias. And the third thing uh, is is up to us uh, the, the employees there and and the mature workers they have to do something about it and uh, as i was saying before the some of some of them do have a fixed mindset and personally thinking uh, personally i believe uh matt um that we shouldn't worry much about them because when our attitude is something very difficult to tackle there are others who are so much learning agile so i don't i wouldn't worry about them either they will find their way forward but the <laughs> vast like yeah the, the vast majority of people are somewhere in between mm. they want to change they want to develop they want to stay up to date they want to be reskilled and upskilled but they don't know how to mm. and these people need help these people need support these people need guiding and counseling Wow, and that's where that's where folks like you come into play. And, and uh, you know, I, at our current employer, I'm so glad we have you as a resource. Hey, one more for you, please. Um, I hope you don't mind if a bunch of finance business partners suddenly subscribe to George Talk Sales. <laughs> <laughs> I would be awesome. I would love to see this happening, Matt. Thank you. All right. That's wonderful. George, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And to the subscribers of Upside Downside, uh, keep listening and have a great day. Thank you. I enjoyed